It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. That was some of our great friends from Gateway Church in Melbourne, which explains the face masks on the musicians uh, being from Melbourne. But uh, you might have noticed in that song, they use the word joy a lot. And uh, I actually lost count. I was thinking, I'm going to count, I'm going to count, I'm going to count, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to tell you the number of times they said joy. You wouldn't know if I was right or wrong anyways, but it was a lot. Okay, I lost count. And this theme of joy is one of the central messages that comes through Christmas. You know, this song reminds us of that. And it was one of the central messages or one of the central themes that that was actually packaged around the birth of the baby Jesus. Now, the accounts of the birth of Jesus, um, well, we've actually got four written accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus, written by uh, four jokers named Matthew, Mark, that's my favorite, uh, Luke, and John. And I want to just uh, drill into something that Luke wrote. Now, Luke was a medical doctor in, in that uh, first century after Jesus' birth, and he was hearing all of the stories that were being verbally passed around about the life and the miracles and the teaching of this guy named Jesus. And so he actually downed scalpel and picked up his quill and went about interviewing eyewitnesses, people who had, had seen and witnessed the various things that Jesus did and so on. And he, and he wrote them down, and we have access to them today. And one of the things, and I want us to drop us into the, this uh, part of the story, just after Mary had given birth in a, in a, a stable, a, an animal uh, enclosure, um, Nearby, there was a group of shepherds just doing what shepherds do, which is at night, they just kind of make sure that their sheep don't get eaten. That's kind of, that's the job description of a night. So they were sitting there and all of a sudden, a group of angels appeared to them. Now, if you're just having a pretty quiet night around the campfire, looking out for for wolves and an angel appears to you, that explains what, why the angel opened with this. Do not be afraid. I think that's a good opener. Good start. Strong start, angels, because no doubt when you appeared, the shepherds were a little bit afraid. This was unexpected. But then the angels said to the shepherds, I bring you. Now, Jesus had just been born down the road. And the angels said to them, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And it's this very simple declaration, just that one sentence, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I just want to take a few moments this evening with you, and and we're so glad you joined us for Christmas with Elevate, just to drill into that. And I actually want to start at the end, because the end bit's a little bit stunning. This, This, the angels didn't say to the shepherds that they will bring good news for church people. The angels said that we'll, this event that's happening down the road will bring good news for all the people. Tall people, short people, black people, brown people, pink people, highly educated people, not so highly educated people, wealthy people, not so wealthy people. And here's the thing, if you're not a church person and you were guilted into or bribed into coming here tonight, 
this statement by the angels actually includes you. So there's a reason maybe to pay attention to the boring bit that we sent the kids out for. (laughs) We bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Well, then the million-dollar question has to be, what on earth is this good news that will bring great joy to all the people? And I want to just take us back and jump into the Wayback Machine and go back about a few hundred years before Jesus was born. There was a guy named Isaiah. And Isaiah was a prophet. Now, a prophet is someone that God sort of spoke through. That was sort of like God's mouthpiece. Pretty cool job. And uh, so a lot of what Isaiah said was just kind of passing on what God was speaking through him. So hundreds of years before Jesus was born, God said this through this prophet Isaiah. He said, watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant and she will bear a son and name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Names are very important back then. I just told off some parents here tonight that I met for the first time because they called their first son Sachin and he's not an Indian cricketer. And I said to him, he's currently a teenager, he was drumming over here. I said, Sachin, do you understand that your parents have actually signed you up for a lifetime of having to spell your name every time you make a customer service call? And he's, he's 15, he said, hadn't thought of that. I'm like, gear up, buddy, to the day you die. Names used to matter. And so Jesus was given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this idea of God with us gives us a hint of why this is such good news, that we don't serve a distant God. I mean, sometimes we we might think it's probably good if He's distant because He's not, you know, some of the things we do, we hope that He isn't paying attention. So please, God, I hope in this particular moment, you're feeling a little distant. But he's not distant. Having said that, he's not coming in close just to keep a record of our wrongs and our rights, keeping score. He came to us, and he came to us for a reason. He came to demonstrate that you, and remember, all people are highly valued to God. Let me ask a question. Tomorrow's Christmas Day. I know you know that. Tomorrow's Christmas Day. How many of you have got some driving to do? Give me, give me a, how many driving? How many are doing multiple stopovers? Yeah, all right. Uh, how many of you? No, I'm not going to ask that question. But here's the thing I know about you. The reason you are driving to one or more destinations is you're going to visit, you're going to be with people that you love and you value. And because you love and you value them, you go to them. And this is exactly the demonstration that God gave us when He sent His Son Jesus, that we are so highly valued that He came to us. Another thing that this name Emmanuel does for us and shows for us is that religion is dead. 
And it, look, let me tell you something that really rips my undies. As a church, when we like sign up for a Facebook account, which we have, and we, and we post something on Vimeo, which we do, and this and that, we have to actually describe the nature of our business. You click a drop-down menu, you know, are you arts and crafts? Are you a government organization? The, the, the one that we have to check to, to sort of allow stuff to be published is we have to allow ourselves to be described as a religious institution or a religious organization. And it bothers me. I mean, I'm talking sandpaper between the butt cheeks bothers me. It is the worst. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Religion is all about us getting to God. And yet the very central message of Christmas, the message of Jesus, the message of Emmanuel, God with us, is not us trying to get to God, which by the way is futile and impossible and we'll never nail it. And just when we were thinking we're getting close enough, we'll do or say or think something stupid that puts us back a few steps. Emmanuel is about God coming to us. It's not about us getting to God. That's religion. It's about God coming to us and establishing a relationship. So I would love it if one of the drop-down menu options was relationship organization, but then I think that would take us into all sorts of other websites that we might not want to get associated with as a religious organization. (laughs) So we've got Luke talked about angels appearing to shepherds and, and freaking them out. Someone's calling me. Go away. I think it's one of your friends, Sachin, on the call center in... Uh, I'm sorry, what? How do you spell his name? So Luke wrote something. One of the other four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Matthew didn't go around recording interviews with eyewitnesses. He actually was one of the eyewitnesses. He was one of uh, Jesus' hand-picked 12. And he wrote the account of what he had a front row seat to in the public life and ministry of Jesus. And let me drop you into something that he wrote in his account. He said, She, being Mary, will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, which also means God saves, because he will save people from their sins. Now, I know, sins. That word's not kosher. It's not politically correct. We don't say it. We're not allowed to say it. So let me just kind of use an alternate definition. Jesus, God saves because he will save people from doing and saying and thinking stuff that is less than God's best, which is really what sin is. That God has a standard for us, that it's a standard for us, not that, not that he wants to sort of put in front of us and, and just frustrate us, but he gives us a standard that is a better way to live, a better way to think, a better way to speak. But on our own, we never hit it. And it's called sin. Okay, that's a churchy word. That's a Bible word. So it's in there. I'm just reading. Don't blame me. I didn't write it. But Matthew records this announcement to Joseph about Jesus and says that he is going to be a saviour, which is good news. Because if you're in a ditch, if you're doing stuff that's destructive, because here's, here's the thing, you already know this. 
sin, things that fall into the category of sin, into the category of less than God's best, they actually are destructive. That's why our loving Father doesn't want us to actually be doing them or going near them. They're destructive. They, 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 they cause harm to us and in some cases cause harm to the people around us, even people we love. And, and so if we're in that ditch that we're doing stuff and thinking stuff and saying stuff that's less than God's best, we don't need someone to just come along and point the finger and say, huh, I see you're in a ditch. And you're like, uh, yeah, not helpful. In that moment, you're looking for somebody that's gonna come along and help you get out of that ditch. And that's why God said, He's not gonna call Jesus the judge. He's not gonna call Jesus the referee. He's not gonna call Jesus the pointer-outerer. Gail, that one's for you. Not real English. He's going to send his son into the world, and his name is Jesus, which means God saves. That God's plan for us to be rescued for, for, for being caught in a life that's less than God's best, his plan for rescuing us was to send a savior who could, a savior who wanted to, and a savior who would. And that's the good news that we have. A God that's with us, that came to save us. Having said that, there is one thing that's required of us, and it's to answer two questions. And these are questions that Jesus actually asked. And the first question he asked of people is, who do you say I am? I mean, it's, it's okay for anybody to go around. You could do it tomorrow. Go around and tell everyone that you're the son of God or daughter of God, just try it. I mean, at the Christmas lunch, <laughs> guess what, people? Been keeping this one for you from a few Christmases, but I think this year is the time when I fully reveal my true identity. I am the Son of God. And here's what's going to happen. No one's going to believe you. Now, Jesus went around telling people he was the Son of God, but he couldn't force them to believe that of him. And he can't force us to believe that of him today, but he still asks that very same question. Who do you say I am? Do you actually acknowledge, according to these eyewitnesses and the life and the miracles and the teachings that I perform, that I actually am who I say I am, that I am the Son of God? And then if you say yes to the first question, he has an action step. See, the first question is about belief. The second question is about movement. Belief is your decision in an instant. Do I, do I believe in this moment, yes or no, that Jesus is who he says he is? Yes or no? You can say no. I mean, that's the beauty of free will, right? And if you say yes, though, that's not the end of the story. In fact, that's just the beginning. Because he then, he then asks us a question, those who have said, yes, I believe you're the Son of God. He asks the question, will you come follow me? Today and tomorrow and the day after. And with that question, it comes gift wrapped with a promise that he is going to lead us in a better way and he's going to lead us to a better place. And so my strongest encouragement to you, you who fall in the category of all people, not just church people, is consider these two questions. Because it's on this good news that the angels declare to the shepherds that it will cause the knock-on effect 
of joy in your life. And so my prayer for you, if this is a new question and you've not answered this, that my prayer for you and my strongest encouragement to you this Christmas is maybe just give these questions some thought. I can't answer them for you. I'm not going to text you and find out what you said, follow you home, knock on your window 11.30 tonight. But between you and God, between you and Jesus, maybe this is the year you settle this for yourself. And if the answer is yes, then boy, I can just tell you from my life and the transformed lives of many, many, many of the people sitting around you who are all people but also now are church people, more importantly, Jesus followers, uh, that, um, that yes is a pretty good answer and the one that I would encourage you to land on. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app. 